Hey, anybody want to uh, eat a credit card with me? Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. But what if I told you that uh, we're all consuming the weight of a credit card in microplastics every single week? Crazy, right? Just something that happened to come up in a, in a great conversation I had recently with a friend of mine, Dylan Drudel from Profile Products. It was great getting a chance to catch up with uh, Dylan, and I hope you enjoyed the pod. But but first, let me give a big shout out to our sponsor, Digital Stormwater. They do digital marketing uh, for stormwater people, by stormwater people. And if you would like to learn more, you can visit, visit them at uh, digitalstormwater.com. And uh, they can help you increase your online visibility and footprint because best known beats best every single day. All right. Enjoy the pod. Somebody cue that uh, intro music. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Uh, we're here today with uh, Mr. Dylan Drudel from uh, Profile Products. He's the regional business manager of the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast area of the country. Dylan, thanks so much for uh, joining me on the podcast. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ty. Appreciate it as well. <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about, and I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited about it. But uh, before we do that, why don't you tell everybody, I mean, I feel like I know a lot of folks and, you know, we've known each other and I've seen you, uh, you know, grow in your career, but let's go down memory lane a little bit and let everybody know uh, a little bit more about who you are other than just the, uh, the regional business manager for profile. Like tell us a little bit about yourself and your stormwater, sure. your stormwater journey. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, grew up in central Pennsylvania and I actually went to college out in Western Pennsylvania at Slippery Rock University, got into the environmental science side of things. Right. I actually, uh, took a, a course in uh, geology, got into geoscience. So I kind of melded the two together. Uh, so I had an environmental geoscience degree background. Uh, first got into the natural gas drilling industry. Didn't really like it. Uh, so I moved down to the Baltimore, D.C. area in 2011. Uh, started uh, uh, doing water quality sampling, uh, as well as selling core logs, core matting, stream restoration products, reforestation mm -hmm. products, things like that. It was a company that had a couple different uh, departments in it there. Uh, and then after that, went to the city of Rockville, did some regulatory uh, enforcement and inspections and uh, ENS and stormwater type uh, uh, type inspections and was there for about eight years. And then most recently in the last two years, came over to Profile Products as their regional business manager for the, the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast, like you said. So I've been in the industry on both the public and the private sector. Uh, so I pull a lot of the different knowledge from those different types of backgrounds, right? There's definitely different skill sets for public versus private. And um, I think that I got that, that well-rounded career um, out of that. So, Yeah, I think that's great. I think I, you make a good point of just being on both sides. You've been on both sides of the table. You've been the guy fighting the fight and looking for the products and you've been the, and, and you are the guy that's, uh, Hey, I've got the solution. So I think that gives you a very good uh, perspective on a lot of the different um, things we're going to talk about today. So let's get it. Uh, you had mentioned you would want to talk, you wanted to talk about uh, erosion control technologies, but specifically kind of changing people's mindset, right? Or, or a paradigm uh -huh. shift uh, on uh, how we're going to get our industry to move forward. Well, w what did you mean by that when you put that in the show notes? Like let's, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I think it all started where uh, when I started attending ICA conferences back in 2014, 
you know, I would go through the expo hall, I'd see all these products, but I'd come back to my, uh, my office and you know, I'm doing my inspections and I'm not seeing these products in the field. Right. Uh, so right. I, I, I started bringing these back, bringing brochures back. Hey, talking to my, my, uh, staff city engineers and my managers. Hey, I want to trial these. I want to use them. You know, maybe we could get some approvals and really try to, uh, you know, just get more innovation in the field. Cause you see these great ideas, but until you get those approvals, you really can't use it from a regulatory, you know, personnel standpoint. Um, you know, we're not really in the business of sticking our necks out to get product approvals for private industry. You know, we have a permit, we have an, a permit that we've got to, you know, um, um, uh, stay in compliance with and make sure we're doing everything in our best practice to, you know, mitigate sediment from getting into storm drains and, you know, all sorts of different types of pollutants. If it fails, it's on us, you know, so it was hard. It was hard to get those approvals, but uh, trying to really spearhead that in my past career was one of the big initiatives. And I did get a lot of uh, trials and pilot studies pushed through, um, you know, in the city and under that that jurisdiction. And we really, um, I think, moved some of those innovative products forward to, to really get the approvals that we see nowadays coming down the pipeline. So, uh, you know, it was something I've always been passionate about. And, uh, you know, there's there's just a lot of stuff in our industry that's been used for 30, 40 years. And I'm not saying it's, it doesn't work, but it uh it's definitely been improved upon and can be improved upon further to just you know push our industry you know uh to the next level so yeah i'm one of those people I, i've always like you know if i ask you why and your answer is because we've always done it that way it makes me want to vomit i mean i'll be yeah. honest like it's like really come on you gotta have you gotta come at me with more than just because we've always done it that way um, right. you know, you make some good points on that. And I think, you know, as somebody, you know, you're working your, your job and whatnot, and here you got these ideas, was there anything, you know, specific or key that you feel like helped you, um, push your initiatives forward when you were on that side of the table, you know, you're seeing all these things at the conferences, you're bringing them back, you're not seeing them in the field, you're doing all these things. What, what was like the tipping point for, for you? Was it, you know, to, to help out maybe some of our, of our you know, manufacturers that listen or the or people that are developing products, what, or that person that was like yourself, that is scared, you know, they're like, they're, I mean, I hate to say the word scared, but it, it can be scary, you know, because like you said, you know, if, if you try to do it a different way and it doesn't work, well, now you've got egg on your face. Yep. Right. Yeah. And you don't know how much grace you're going to get or if they're just going to be like, see, and then now you're back to square one. Was there anything that really was a tipping point in any of your project or you can think of that, that made a difference that you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just the failures of our standard practices is what all I really know. <laughs> look, look at what we're doing. Here's the status quo, right? And we're still having <laughs> Right, it's not a end all. And hey, check this uh, out. Man, that, no, Dylan, not really. Dylan, the way man. I got to really, it, you know? that that's not that is not what I was thought was going. You were going to say you're like, oh well, this cup, co this company did this testing, or we saw this opportunity here, and you're like, you you just said that like, well, we can't do any worse. <laughs> like this is not this is not working. This right this right here is not working. So. Why not try this? Because we can't do any worse. That was your pitch. All right, man. Yeah. Those products have what, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right. right. Increased <laughs> precipitation events. Take inlet protection, for example. You know, just, okay. you know, the filter fabric with the frame and the stone. Those typical, like, build-it-yourself inlet protection. Non-proprietary, <laughs> nothing like that. 
you get right. a, a big rain event, that's not, you know, you're still dumping all that water right through that inlet, right in that overflow past that inlet protection. <laughs> you know, other ones have higher flow through rates with more sediment retention and, and reduction, and you're able to mitigate both of those issues, right? So it's not that they don't work. They have limitations, which have been approved upon in the last, you know, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, and we're able to still capture that sediment or those pollutants and still uh, discharge the water cleaner. And, and and we've improved upon that same practice, right? So it's really, it was that taking that back to people that I worked with and said, look, this, I'm having this issue in the field, you know, this product, yeah, it works great, you know, during X, you know, circumstances, but if this happens, this, the, you know, increased precipitation or whatever other variable, then we are having this issue and there's products out there that are able to handle this. And so that really was the way I started changing minds. I said, all right, well, why don't we try, you know, one of these, you know, these proprietary products on this, this inlet. And we tried it and they're like, you know, I would document it. I would do a case study. I would, you know, not only would the manufacturer, the sales rep get that information, mine would get that. And we'd work together. Right. I always felt like there was this, this, animosity between the regulatory community and the 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 proprietary like development products type community right you know that right. these guys didn't trust these guys they're too salesy and vice versa and it, it, i said why can't we all just work together to better this industry and to move it forward and 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 not see it as so combative and you know we're, we're fighting against these approvals so um you know I, and I really brought a lot of that to when i was on the international board and and talking about how we can create committees of regulatory as well as these proprietary sales types companies to work together, maybe get some kind of, you know, thing going. Um, and, you know, that was a big initiative of mine as well. So. And then yeah. when you, and when you mentioned that, I don't know if we said that earlier that you were, you were actually, you were, you were part of the IECA's, uh, the, the, the board for the ICA, right? You and I uh, did before we started recording, but yeah, so I, just yeah. for the listeners, sure, yeah, talk so, a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been heavily involved in ICA, great association. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've made so many contacts, colleagues, as well as lifelong friends of this association. But uh, I first uh, uh, got in the board of directors for the Mid-Atlantic chapter back in 2014, uh, quickly moved into the president's role. I spent uh, three years as the, the president of the Mid-Atlantic chapter up until I think it was 2018. And then from there, I just pivoted right into the uh, uh, being on the international board. And I served a three-year term there as well. So I uh, worked very closely with the reunification efforts of Region 1 and Region 2. Uh, so now we're kind of, you know, melded back together as a truly uh, 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 world uh, organization and not a regional uh, type organization. I'm, you know, pretty proud of that um, as an initiative I did while I was there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one of the other points, unless you had some more thoughts on just, you know, the technologies in general, um, that you had made uh, on our notes is that uh, I guess there's, um, there's this discussion around microplastics and a concern around, you know, polypropylene uh, and, and, and plastic based erosion control technologies. So I guess the conversation is here we are trying to make water better, keeping stuff out of the water, filtering stuff from the water and, oh my gosh. Are are, are are our devices actually polluting the water <laughs> with micro microplastics? What are your what are your thoughts on uh, on that situation? Because uh, that that seems like dang it, we can't win. <laughs> Absolutely right. I mean, so when blankets were first developed, you know, back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, uh, 
Uh, it, it was developed with all of the best intentions, right? We've got a problem, sediment pollution. We've got a solution, blankets. We can blanket the environment and, and stabilize that land surface and all that while we revegetate. Uh, but there was plastic in them, right? I mean, eventually they, they had plastic in them. Uh, the first uh, initial blankets did not. But, you know, as you know, these plastics break down and degrade, they just become microplastics and nanoplastics. And we had, like I said, the best intentions in mind, but we're actually right. making an issue from solving another one, right? And so, right. you know, a big initiative I do nowadays, especially working for Profile and having, a, you know, 100% bio-based, uh, all-natural biodegradable products or base raw products in our our um, our products is is really that push to try to remove that intentional introduction of plastics into our environment, right? So uh, there are solutions out there nowadays, such as, you know, hydraulic erosion control products that uh, are able to get the same level of performance that we're looking for and not have to intentionally introduce, you know, polypropylene into the natural environment while trying to get that site re vegetated or control erosion in that area. So, um, yeah, it's, some, it's weird. I, I read in an article the other day that said, you actually consume about five grams of plastic every week. It's a credit card yeah. worth of plastic. I mean, isn't that wild to think that we're eating that much and drinking and breathing that much plastic in on a weekly basis? It's just, it's an, it's the next yep. thing that we really are going to have to think about after our climate change issue, right? That we're, that we're trying to tackle. Yummy. That's a whole yeah. other podcast that we can deal with. Oh my um, gosh. That's, a, that's yummy, right? Well, but you know, like what we could go, we could just kind of go crazy on that, right? Go, let's go get that. Where's that McDonald's burger that's been, you know, in the, in the wrapper for 50 years or something like that. It looks the same or whatever. So it's like that. We got plastic. We got, you know, we're, we're drinking plastic now. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're freaking me out. You're freaking all the listeners out. No, um, no, I think we all realize we all realize this is an issue. I think it's great that we have uh at least identified that uh it is an issue and that we've got solutions that can hopefully um stop it or at least slow it down until we can address it more thoroughly. Uh because obviously the the plastic, the water bottles and whatnot getting into our water or whatnot, like the, the actual, what we are supposed to be doing from a stormwater compliance standpoint, or just, you know, water quality standpoint, that helps get some of the plastic out, but we also got to make sure we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, right? Um, our industry is probably, you know, a drop in the bucket, right? It's not right. like- Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Out there. But hey, anything that we can all do to try to, you know, move that dial, it, it, you know, I yeah, think- Yeah, I mean- it is what it is. Once you realize it, you can't unrealize it, right? Once you go, oh, this stuff is, you know, it degrades over time. Like mm -hmm. we probably need to probably need to figure out a better way. Well, and you had mentioned some better ways. And I know you're like, I don't want to be salesy and all that. But here, I, and I told you, I don't care about that. I think sales is an educational process. I think there's folks on here that may not, uh, you know, my, my hopes is that, you know, we're reaching people that may not get to go to a conference. So they may not get the opportunity to go buy a profile booth, talk to someone like yourself or one of your counterparts and learn about what's out there. So you had mentioned some of the profile products and being biodegradable or not being, you know, polypropylene based. Uh, do you have, you know, and I put you on the spot a little bit, but do you have a case study or something you're working on right now that you could kind of walk us through and some and, and kind of share with us some of the products that you guys have and a solution that you came up with? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of our uh, products, well, I'll just let me back up for a second. We're the world's largest manufacturer of hydromulches, right? So uh, whether those are wood, paper, blend based, you know, those are the typical ones that we would see on, on, on projects that a lot of people will be working on. 
Uh, but we also manufacture some engineered mulches, which are a little bit more robust, able to handle more uh, extreme applications, slope applications. Um, when I'm talking to people about it, I basically tell them those types of products are spray on blankets, right? So you're able to spray it on, cap the land surface, any application a blanket's able to handle, we have a product that is an, is an equivalent to those types of uh, applications. So uh, you're still being able to get that product performance, in fa fact, sometimes better product performance, uh, you're, and you're, you're not introducing those, those microplastics and polypropylenes to the environment there. And we're just, you know, uh, giving everyone a better solution for the, the same problem that we've been facing for how many years, you know, <laughs> that we've been blanketing the environment. So, you know, we're basically just, like I said, a spray on blanket. And that's really what our 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 solution is. Yeah. So on on that, like, are there certain geog geographical areas where your products probably uh, better to use than others or you know do you guys are you guys just anywhere there's construction site that needs to have stabilization or or whatnot like sure how does, how does mean, that work i mean anywhere that we need where there's earth disturbance right so anywhere you're trying <laughs> <Just> to, <laughs> anywhere. You know, um i would say you know our products are more are, are more necessary or needed in maybe more environments that have more precipitation right i mean so drier okay. environments, you're not as worried as much about water quality. You're going to get, you might get slower revegetation. It's still an issue. It's still something, a problem that needs solving. But, um, you know, a lot of our, our more uh, engineered products are probably necessary for, you know, areas such as the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast and the Southeast where we get a lot of rain. And when it comes, it comes strong, right? You know, so we, I uh, think those are the areas that our products can really shine. Uh, I'm not trying to diminish the applications elsewhere within the world, but, no, no, um, no. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I, I, no, I want you to, I want you to, you know, I, I'm on, literally sell it to me, Dylan. Like, I want to hear what you've got so that the, the listeners can be like, cool, let me go check it out. Right. Because that's the whole game. So, because I'm going to hit you with the next one, which is like, how do you fit budget wise? Like, what do you guys offer to where you can, because that's, 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 unfortunately, a lot of times it's, 80% of the game, right? Like, you know, like, especially when you're trying to go from, again, that, that mind shift we talked about earlier, that paradigm shift and like, Hey, we've done it this way. It works, but it could be better. And then here's this other opportunity or this other option, you know, can we test this out? You know? So what would you say from a budget standpoint on, you know, comparables and that, and that aspect? I get that question a lot. And I always tell people yeah. there are a lot of variables that go into that. Right. <laughs> right? I, mean, so I mean, yeah, sure application you're using it on, what type of application rate. So mulches are applied at pounds per acre. It depends on the application rate that is recommended for your certain scenario. Um, apples to apples, you know, a lot of our, our mulches are going to be very cost competitive to its typical approaches with, you know, blankets. Uh, uh, it might not be as cheap as blowing straw or hay mulch on a site. You know, that's, that's obviously very affordable, which is why a lot of contractors do it, you know, that's readily available for pickup, you don't need a machine and all that. But uh, when you start factoring the labor of, you know, say rolling blankets with a six, eight man crew and being able to spray something from a hydro seeder with a two man crew, the labor is, uh, that is going gotcha. to really factor in a lot, especially nowadays, there's a labor, you know, availability issue going on. Um, so that's a big thing that a lot of contractors are taking into consideration as gotcha. well as how many acres of stabilization you can get done in a day. 
Um, hydraulic erosion control applications are much more efficient than rolling blankets and pinning them and, and broadcast seating on them and all the all the, the things that come along with it and the steps to get those installed uh, with with a, a hydraulic uh, pr approach. It's very quick, very efficient. Uh, some products to get everything down in one shot, including whatever uh, the topsoil, uh, you know, uh, specification calls for. We have a product that is an alternative to, to topsoil, so they can actually cut out spreading topsoil, seeding, uh, you know, putting fertilizer down and a stabilization product. They can cut all four of those steps and put them basically translate into a one step process. So we've got uh, pretty cool products that, that can also uh, solve that problem as well. So the efficiency standpoint also uh, is a really big cost savings on some of these projects, which is really why our products lend themselves so well to large areas of disturbance, such as landfills, solar farms, you know, oh, okay. all those types of right. mega projects, you know, big, big uh, warehouses, which is the new thing nowadays, right? Going up everywhere, yeah. Amazon, you know, so uh, it's, uh, our products are very uh, efficient when it comes to those large, you know, uh, uh, large earth disturbances. I got you. So, yeah. like, so then would you say, so the, so, so then let's kind of recap that the larger the product, the more cost effective you become. Is Absolutely. That, Our products it? are built on economies of scale. Yeah. So the bigger sure. it is, the more sure. cost savings. Yeah. Uh, that you're Makes, gonna get, you know? Makes sense. And then, no, go ahead. I'm going to say, you know, you have a little quarter acre, half acre, probably not going to be as cost competitive. You got to get a, a machine out here with a contractor. Right. It's not going to make as much sense. But once you reach an acre, maybe a little more, it it's absolutely cost competitive. Yeah. And then how do you combat, or I shouldn't even say, I shouldn't say combat. We had talked about that. It really shouldn't even be combative. It's like, so again, I'm asking the questions, trying to get the education over here as I feel like everybody should and not be concerned, right? Like, you know, Dylan, nor, none of us that sell stuff, I've said sell stuff my whole life and we don't have a magic wand, you know, we're not going to like, you know, you're not going to get under the ether, you know, it's an educational process that we're just trying to, to take people through. So how do you, how do you, um, discuss with somebody that's just you know they're still using that the straw the hay the straw right mm -hmm. uh they've got a bigger project you know how do you talk them off that ledge right and say hey why don't you try this you know what's what are those other benefits versus the old way right the traditional way the way we've always done it compared yeah. to using not even just profile products but like you, you said just in general you know how, yeah. how, how do you how do you attack that I, I'm a big on education, right? You know, I do a lot right. of presentations and lunch and learns and I speak at, you know, regional conferences, international conferences like the IECA. Um, and I, I just enjoy educating. So I think making people understand the benefits that they would get from, you know, changing their mindset and changing their approach to, to their typical problems is really is what they're looking for as well, right? They don't want some salesy approach. They want to be educated and they want to make their own decision, you know? Uh, so um, you know, I'll, I'll back up and just look at looking at blankets, for an example. Right. They absolutely have their place in our industry. You know, they're not going anywhere. And and, and I, I talk sometimes down about them, but that's because, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're just my biggest competitor. But, um, you know, they absolutely have their place. And uh, there's many there's there's applications where they're just better. Right. You know, I'll take, for example, like a stream restoration project, you know, with with big, you know, thick core matting that you need to last 10 years. Our products aren't going to last 10 years, right? So, I mean, just like there's, there's, there, there, there's a place for them, right? Um, but showing people just the benefits on the other side of it and what, you know, another tool for their toolbox, I like to say, right. and, and, and showing them why, 
that might be better suited for a typical uh, or an application versus another is really kind of how, how I change those mindsets. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I just want everybody to see like, so there is a lot, as with every project and everybody prior knows that that just listening to this podcast, that there's so many variables involved that you got to be willing to reach out. You know, you got to be able to reach out to those resources. Dylan's a great resource. You can tell, uh, you know, his heart's in the right, you know, your heart's in the right place, you know, with the, uh, with the educational approach uh, and that you're just going to take him down the path. Like, here's what we've got. This is why we think you should use it for this project. Or you're going to be like, you know what, that project's, you know, it's probably a little too small. You may not get the same, you know, it, it, it's, there's benefit there, but the cost may not be where you want it to be. So again, reach out, you know, if you've got a question, you've got a project, you're looking for a, a different way. I'm not even going to say a better way, but a different way, you know, maybe, you know, you're getting old results or that you don't like the results you're getting and you want to pilot or champion a different way to do it. You know, there's, there's folks like, you know, yourself out there, they can just reach out to you and you, I'm sure you're willing to have that conversation, lunch and learns, all those things. Um, speaking of which, what's the best way, Dylan, for people to get hold of you if they want to get hold of you? LinkedIn, email. email. Shoot you yeah. email. I'm an email <laughs> guy, email or text, you know, I'll, I'll pick up the phone, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually on the go, <laughs> pretty busy. So if you drop me an email, I'll make sure to get back to you, but uh, that's probably the best way. <laughs> Now you heard that everybody. He said he will respond to his emails. Nobody, I, I don't know if any, <laughs> anybody to date on this podcast has been willing to put their name behind that. Uh, we'll have his email in the, in the show notes for people to reach out. If you've got questions, um, any other thoughts just like, so, you know, in general, where you see the industry headed, you know, you've been doing this for how many years now? How many years have you been in the industry? Going on 12 years now. Yeah. Well, we're same, same. So, what's the next ten years look like? You get you want to you want to turn over your your magic uh, your crystal ball. You got any thoughts on that before we go? I don't know. I'm I'm happy where I'm at right now. We're gonna see how uh, you know uh, my profile career goes, but I'm uh, I'm really happy with what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm enjoying, uh, like I said, educating people. I get to talk to a lot of different people on a weekly, daily basis sometimes, and you know, interact with a lot of people, which I just love talking to them. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where it goes from here, but I'm, I'm very happy with how my career has progressed since I, since I first got into it. Right. Right. Yeah. Any final, any final thoughts on, uh, or any sh- tips or ideas you want to share with the, the, uh, the other stormwater nerds out there, things that they yeah, should just, be looking out or doing or any thoughts on keep, that uh, other, other, other than join, other than join the ICA. I know that's probably there. join the ICA <laughs> no, outside just, of that. What just you keep got? an open mind, you know, in this <laughs> industry. There's so many cool things out there that people are doing and research and studies and product development, R and D. I mean, it's just it's it's rapidly evolving. So it's a really exciting time to be in this industry right now. And I'm excited to see what comes out over the next decade or so and what you know different types of products uh you know take the forefront in our industry. So uh I, I'm a I'm a product geek and I'm a stormwater geek. So I just like that when people are innovating and uh and, and coming up with new sol- solutions. So that's my thing. <laughs> I love, I love all the stuff. I look like checking all the stuff out. So I yeah. hope everyone here will check it all out. Uh, Dylan, we'll, we'll put all your contact information in the, in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know we're creeping up on the holidays. So thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to join us on the podcast. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We couldn't do this without uh, all of you that are listening out there. Uh, if you'd like to be on the podcast or if you know somebody that would like to be on the podcast, please let us know so we can continue to grow this um, 
podcast and the information that we're providing out there for the folks in the stormwater uh, industry, uh, you can reach out to us at stormwaterworld.com, stormwaterworld.com. Um, there's some forms on there, or you can reach out to me directly at ty at uh, stormwaterworld.com. That's my email address. And we appreciate each and every one of you. And we're hoping you're having a great uh, day in your stormwater world. <laughs>